0: Welcome to My Writing Table, a podcast where you'll hear from your favorite authors, creatives, and publishing professionals. We'll talk about books, the writing craft, and the often wonky journey to publication. Today's guest is psychological suspense author Kathleen Barber. This episode is brought to you by Apricot Lane Peoria, where you can get great looks right from your laptop. ApricotLanePeoria.com Kathleen Barber is a former attorney, incurable wanderer, and yoga enthusiast. Originally from Galesburg, Illinois, she's a graduate of the University of Illinois and Northwestern University School of Law. She now lives in Washington, D.C. with her family. Her first novel, Truth Be Told, originally published as Are You Sleeping, has been adapted as a series for Apple TV Plus by Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine Media Company. Follow Me is her second novel. Welcome, Kathleen Barber, to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Um, Kathleen, we met at a conference a few years ago about the time Are You Sleeping was rolling out. And since then, a lot happened. Your publishing journey is pretty unique. Can you tell us about what happened after Are You Sleeping was published? Yeah.
1: Um, so after Are You Sleeping was published, we we ended up changing the title to Truth Be Told. And the reason that we changed the title is because it was adapted into a television series. And the television producers wanted to change the title of the show. Um, So that was, it was really exciting. You know, I, I wouldn't want to speak for all authors, but I think it's pretty much um, an author dream to have your book adapted to go onto the screen.
0: Yeah. Was that hard for you giving up the title?
1: No, you know, it wasn't. So the title, Are You Sleeping?, had kind of a uh, kind of a tortured history with the book actually um when i i'm i'm terrible at titles let me just start by saying that um and so when i had when i had written the book i was calling it reconsidered which is the name of the podcast that's inside the book um and when when my editor acquired the book she was like well of course we'll have to change the title and i was like oh <laughs> of course um, I mean, like nobody thought Reconsidered was a good title except for me. Uh, so we spent a lot of time trying to come up with titles and coming up with a title is really, really hard. Um, and my editor came up with the title, uh, what I tell you in the dark. And, and that was kind of cool. It was kind of like moody and, um, but it necessitated me writing a lot of scenes in which people were told things in the dark. Um, So I did that and, and we thought that was pretty cool. Um, But the book was going to be almost simultaneously published in the UK as well. And my UK editor just hated that title. And (laughs) she was like, well, if you guys guys want to call it that, that's fine. But I'm just going to call it something different. And we we really didn't want that. Um, (laughs) We didn't want to have the book out with two separate titles at the same time. So we, we went back to the drawing board, and somebody at my, at my agent's agency came up with the title, Are You Sleeping?
0: I know I'm not the first to ask you if you got to meet Octavia Spencer. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I did get to meet Octavia Spencer twice, and she is just as lovely as you might imagine that she would be.
0: How did you fit
1: into the, the rollout of Truth Be Told? So I, I for the most part was not involved in the adaptation. Um, I, I stayed here in my home in Washington DC and they turned it into television out in California. Um, but I did go out there twice. And so I went out once while they were shooting so that I could kind of see, see how things were happening, which, which is very cool. So that was really neat. I got to spend two whole days, um, while they, they shot in the studio and they shot on location. Um, and during that time, I, I got to meet uh, Octavia Spencer. Um, I didn't have, like, a long, involved conversation with her. She was working, um, but I did get to meet her, and she was quite lovely. Um, I also got to meet uh, Eliv- Elizabeth Perkins, who oh, the yeah, cast is yeah. Melanie Cave. Yeah, and she was quite lovely. Um, and Mackay Pfeiffer, who, um, who has a role in the adaptation, and he was quite lovely also. And then I, I went out to uh, Los Angeles for the premiere when they screened the, the pilot episode. And wow. so I got to meet Octavia Spencer again. Um, and I got to talk to her a little bit more that time because it was more of a party atmosphere. Um, but she was, she was just lovely. You know, we were standing there kind of like talking and um, my husband was kind of standing off to my side and she just leaned over and stuck out her hand. I was like, hi, we haven't met. I'm Octavia. And, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like, like, like you wouldn't know.
0: <laughs> so. Okay. So you kind of told me what it was like for you as an author to have it converted into a series. How does that feel when you see your book taken in a different direction on television? So uh, to your listeners who have
1: not read the book or watched the television series, they, they changed a lot. So, um, my book focuses on, a woman whose father had been murdered, um, 13 years ago. And then there's this podcast and it starts, um, reinvestigating this, this cold murder, or I'm sorry, this closed murder case. And my book focused on, on the daughter, um, Josie, she was the protagonist and Poppy Parnell, who was the, the podcast host was kind of my antagonist in the story. And, um, in the television series, they focus on Poppy as the main character And, um, so they necessarily had to build out Poppy's backstory, um, which, which is pretty cool. Um, and they also cast Octavia Spencer as Poppy, um, which is amazing because Octavia Spencer is such an incredible actress. Um, but she was different than, than the character that I had written. You know, um, I had written Poppy as, as a 20 something, um, white woman from the Midwest. Um which Octavia Spencer is, is obviously not. Um, so the, so the backstory that they created for her was, was different as well. Um, and it's, it's very cool. Um, I mean, like I said, I was not involved in the adaptation, but they did send me the pilot script um, when it was written just as, as a courtesy so I could see it. Um, and I read it and I was like, Oh my God, this is so good. It's different from what I wrote, but it's so good. Um, And I was a little worried that people were going to watch the show and love the show so much that they would hate my book in comparison. Mm -hmm. And I was already seeing all the like Goodreads reviews that people were going to come and be like one star. The show was so much better. (laughs) (laughs) So, but once I kind of got used to that idea, um, that, you know, Poppy was a star here and they were changing things. And I also knew that they were, that they were going to change the ending of the book. Um, and I, I also knew that I did not know how the series was going to end. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, when, like I said, I went to the premiere and Octavia Spencer herself asked me if I knew how the series ended. And I said, no, no one will tell me. And she did one of those like zip your lip and kind of like throw away the key <laughs> motions. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Um, so it was, it was interesting to watch. Um, and I will say the, the only time that I felt kind of like like a little stab in my heart was when I saw some of the changes that they made to um, Josie, the protagonist, um, not because they were, not because I, I didn't think that they were good changes. Cause I think that they, within the context of the television show, they're wonderful. Um, it was just because I lived for so long with one idea of Josie. Oh, and just to see her different was a little bit just like, Oh, but um, again, I, I really like the show. I encourage everybody to watch it.
0: Authors are encouraged to create healthy platforms, you know, your social media platform. And your last book, Follow Me, details what could go wrong in that world. Was it hard for you to return to your usual social media presence after writing that book?
1: Follow Me definitely changed the way that I, I view social media. Um, you know, beforehand, I I, didn't, I don't share a ton of my personal life on social media, um, but I... I didn't think a lot before I would post things before Um, when I was doing the research for follow me, I was really surprised to read some things about, you know, how people can't, you, you can think that you're just posting like one little picture and like how much can anybody tell from this one little picture, but people can use that one little picture in connection with all the other one little pictures that you posted and can figure out, you know, a pretty detailed view of your life. Like what, where you live, what you do, I read this really scary article that was about how, um, a really dedicated person can even figure out like where your apartment would be and like a large apartment building based on, um, what they can see out the window in the background of your photos, you know? So, um, it definitely made me, me think a lot more about what I, what I post and and when
0: you were originally a lawyer. So what inspired you to take that into writing?
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have always, always written, um, ever since I was a little kid, I, I was always writing stories, um, just like pages and pages of stories. My, my mom, um, not too long ago found some books that I had, I had quote unquote bound. Um, oh. by like, <laughs> I used like cereal boxes and construction paper to make these covers for them. Um, and I, on one of them, I had cut out some aluminum foil to award myself the best book of the year award. Oh, um, so how <laughs> oh, cool. How creative though. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've definitely always wanted to write. Um, but I kind of had this idea that, I, you know, you can't really make a living with with art. Um and you know, jury's kind of still out on on that question. But um so I, I knew I I felt as though I needed to do something different and and do my do my writing on the side. Um my my dad was a lawyer, and he always really seemed to enjoy what he did on a daily basis. So I became a lawyer also with the idea that I would lawyer during the day and I would um write in my spare time. Um, one of the things I didn't really realize was that, the kind of lawyering that I was doing did not allow me to have any spare time.
0: What kind of lawyering were you doing?
1: Um, so I was, I practiced corporate restructuring law. So I did a lot of um, like large chapter 11 bankruptcies. Um mm-hmm. but I was working at a large law firm in in New York.
0: Can you tell us about your relationships with other authors and how that has impacted your work?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah having other authors in your, in your writing life is just so, so important. Um, you know, writing is so solitary. You spend so much of your time sitting in front of the computer by yourself and being able to connect with other authors is, is just invaluable. Um, one of the things that I've started doing recently is there are some other, um, crime writers that I know who have kind of like an accountability zoom in the morning. And so, Mm -hmm when I put, when I put the baby down for a nap, I can hop onto the zoom, um, and everybody's quiet and writing, but, um, they're also right there. So, you know, if you're screwing around, you know, that there are, that there are other eyes on you. Um, and everybody then generally breaks in the early afternoon to kind of like talk about how their writing's been going. Um, and it's just really, really nice. Um, one of the things I really missed during the pandemic is, you know, writing in coffee shops, and so that kind of helps with the added benefit of talking to other writers. Um, and it's also just really nice to have other writers that you can like text when you have specific publishing dilemmas, like oh, yeah. oh no, like somebody's not coming back to me. What does this mean? <laughs> and, <laughs> oh no, I can't write anymore. Will I ever
0: write again? Um, <laughs> these sorts of things. <laughs> Well what okay, you talked about this crime group that mm-hmm. the crime writers how you know if you're if you were a new writer um if you were advising a new writer how, what would you tell them how to find a group like that?
1: yeah, so I mean that that's always really, really difficult you know um i I think using facebook to to find writing groups is is really, really handy. um there are a lot of different ones out there based on. The kind of um, the kind of work that you do. So you know, you and I met through um, women fiction, uh, Women's Fiction Writers Association. I know right. you mentioned you're active in, or at least have been at some point, active in the Romance Writers Association. And for for crime writers, there's like um, Sisters in Crime, um, is is a good one. And there are also um, like International Thriller Writers and um, Mystery Writers of America. But I I really found that if you just kind of like go into these. Groups on Facebook and kind of meet people that you know that do the same sort of thing that that write the same sort of things that you do
0: and that are kind of like at the same stage in your journey. Tell me, is there one piece of advice that you would impart on on new writers?
1: Yeah, just um, you know, never. I, I'm going to have two. I'm going I'm going to cheat a little bit, but one is to never give up. You know, um, because a lot of it is just kind of like a question of timing you know you could be writing like the best you know book in the world but if it's not the right time for it then it's not going to get picked up so just like persevere and, and never give up um and then the second part kind of like dovetails with that but it's like always always stay true to what you want to write and don't try to like write to trends you know um because if you're just trying to like write to a trend it's it it will come across in your in your writing as not being really authentic um And it also makes writing work, um, whereas you really want your writing to be fun. And and that will make it fun for the reader as well.
0: Well, cool. Well, thank you, Kathleen. I appreciate all your advice and looking forward to reading what comes out next. Thanks. Thanks for having me. To learn more about Kathleen Barber, go to KathleenBarber.com. Writer's Table of Podcast Music by Pavel Yudin and Photography by Casey Meineke. If you like what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button and consider leaving a review. Writers and book lovers, submit your questions to writingtablepodcast at gmail.com. That's writingtablepodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit Chris Klink's Writing Table on Facebook and check out upcoming episodes. See who will be joining us at the writing table. See you there.